Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And, and I'm Olivia Haidar. And we are your hosts. We have a doozy of an episode for you this week. Yeah. We're talking about ivermectin. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think so. But most people will recognize it more as the horse dewormer that people have been poisoning themselves with (laughs) in an effort to battle COVID-19. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like we need to preface this episode by saying (laughs) we are in no way, shape, or form advocating for any medicine uh, other than weed, I think we can both safely say. Uh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I think I think the overarching like moral of this episode is going to be don't take a drug that your doctor didn't prescribe to you. I think that's the big thing here is that, that it's, just don't do that. It's going to be that, but it's also going to be how about we all just calm down. A little bit. (laughs) Yes. I think, and that is a good, just a good piece of advice outside of this context, especially within. This is one of those rare episodes where I guess, I guess my, my, my thinking here is everyone's kind of right and also kind of wrong about what's happening. The, the, the reporting around Ivermectin. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think necessarily everyone's kind of right, but like well, there's a lot of people who are, you know, it, it, no, I don't I don't mean everyone. I mean, right. both sides actually yeah. have seemingly valid points in this sure. argument, but it's not really being treated that way. I just I just think this is one of those stories where people on both sides need to just yeah. I can't believe I just thought of this on the fly. <laughs> Hold their horses <laughs> a little bit. Have you heard about this? Because I, I know you said you haven't you haven't yeah. been tuned into the news. This lately. is the thing. This is the thing. I I have been barely able to keep up with any sort of news over the last couple of weeks, and I've I basically when I have like five minutes, I'm able to like check Twitter and do whatever, and then that's it. So it does seem like this ivermectin story. Just from the little bits and pieces I'm getting here, have has kind of exploded over the last couple of weeks. It went from being kind of a nothing to being the big COVID story that everyone is talking about for this like period of time. And I have been kind of out of the loop on it. I've had to do a lot of catch up. Yeah, it's it's been a story at least for a few weeks, but we'll yeah. get into later on in the episode. It's actually a story that's been around pre-COVID. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it's one of those things that's getting tied to the idea of a COVID snake oil salesman. Yes. Which there have been lots and lots of those since COVID started. It's a valid concern. It's a thing that we know has happened. I mean, yeah, it's an that's an extension of the snake oil that the right wing has been peddling to each other for the past like two decades, basically. So when I first heard this story, I was like, oh yeah, well, it's clearly just another example of that. Right. But when you dig into it, I don't think this is actually that. I think there's an element of that. I think there are people, I don't, it's not that I think, there are clearly people getting very, very bad advice when it comes to ivermectin and how to obtain it. Yeah. 
but I don't think that's the same thing as the doctors pushing it as a treatment for COVID being snake oil salesmen because we're talking about two different products for all intents and purposes. I mean, this might sound shocking to some of our listeners, but there might be a lot of nuance in this really complicated real world situation. I, I, I hate to say it, but it might be true. Wow, nice both sides ism. I know, I know. You I'm know? sorry. I, I don't on. mean to. I don't mean to. What about on this? I'm just uh, just speaking my truth. What this reminds me a lot of is the the program that effectively killed Jewel, or the yeah. campaign. I guess is a better word for it. Where right. there were all these deaths and hospitalizations as a result of a disease called popcorn lung. Yeah. And it was reported that the people who were suffering from this were vaping and that's what caused it. Right. And every article you read had a big picture of jewel cartridges at the top yeah. and went into all this stuff about how jewel cartridges and cigarettes have the same chemicals in them. But then the products that were actually giving people this condition were bootleg hash oil cartridges and it's like you're buying a science fiction version of weed from a guy (laughs) like of course yeah there are going to be some inherent risks in that but they so successfully tied jewel pods to that scandal that it fucking killed jewel yeah, I, I remember all this because, like, you know, I smoke uh, a lot of weed, and anybody, at least anybody in California who smokes a lot of weed around that time knew to not buy shitty wheat vape cartridges. Like, that was, like, just the the word of mouth among weed smokers was just like, hey, just so you know, you don't want to be buying unless it's like got a nice package and it look and it's professionally made. You don't want to buy anything because like I would go to like uh, my dispensaries that I would go to uh, living in L.A., I would say were, you know, almost legal, you know, pretty much on the verge. And so you just kind of yeah. had to be a little careful, you know, and just make sure that what you're getting is straight is good. But yeah, like you would never associate it with jewel. That's just not the problem. Yeah, it was it was two completely different things. And knowing that that happened makes me not completely unsympathetic with what I guess we'll call him the right is saying about ivermectin, which is that it's there is some uh, possibly pharmaceutical industry influence behind the uh, I I would call it demonization of this drug. Yeah, the dragging, I guess, to use the internet parlance. And it's just like the it's something that people, you know, in the way that that online discourse tends to do it has become the keyword that a lot, that you can clown on it's just the right. thing that you slot into a joke and i i i'm suspicious of that because yeah. to write this drug off as just something that is for horses is very misleading Mm-hmm. And I think there's been a lot of misleading reporting around this. I feel like I'm going to have to say this every 10 minutes. <laughs> I am not endorsing this drug. I'm not a right. doctor. I don't know if it works. I hope I never have to find out because yeah. I don't want to have COVID. Right. So like I, I'm not saying I'm not siding with anyone in this yeah. argument here no absolutely not definitely absolutely not like the kinds of right-wing grifters who are latching on to this as a way to earn themselves money and infamy like you know absolutely not like it, 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 it's just that again this is a more nuanced situation than uh you know I, I I said earlier, don't take medical advice or, you know, take drugs that aren't from your doctor, but also, you know, don't get your uh, medical information from some comic that you follow on Twitter who's like dunking on something for easy points. Like, it's just, you know, this is easy. You got to find out. Don't paint this entire drug with the same brush just because it's being used by some weirdos. Right. And being used improperly by right. 
weirdos, which is a very important point. Yeah. And like far be it for me to suggest that the pharmaceutical industry would uh, <laughs> gamble with human lives in the name of protecting their profits. Of I course. mean, they handled the opioid crisis so well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It hasn't caused so much damage to yeah. so much of the country. Yeah. So but but there are people who are suggesting that. And yeah. one of the things that they're claiming is that the talking points around this drug are, or I don't know if people are even claiming it, but when you look into it, the talking points around this drug are really sensationalized and yeah. leave out a lot of information that make this drug seem like something it's not. Yeah. So that's all I want to talk about. I'm not here to tell you to take drugs. I'm not going <laughs> to tell you you're stupid if you actually consult a doctor and right. they give you a human dose yeah. of this drug. That's exactly. a fucking, like, it's trial and yeah. error, baby. COVID is a, a new and exciting time. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, I might call you stupid if you take a pill from a box that has a horse on it. If you take I'm the horse version of this, you are an idiot. Yeah, like, look, I'm not going to say I won't, won't make fun of you for that, but, like, as far as taking the actual drug ivermectin seriously i am for it like i want to know get to the bottom of like what is actually going on with this drug what does it actually do yeah. instead of just writing it off altogether and that that's been the thing is you're seeing a lot of people their knee-jerk reaction to this story is well it doesn't work for covid right and it's like, no, there's no proof or evidence so far that it works for COVID, but there also isn't that much that says it doesn't. There's just not a lot of information, which right. makes the way they're, they're portraying this drug suspicious to me, because if it comes to pass that there are some benefits for COVID to be had from taking this drug... Most of America is still going to think of it as what? The horse drug? I'm not taking fucking horse drugs right. for COVID. And it's it's not really a horse drug. No, I mean, uh, yeah, of course. The, this, this is the thing. It's not like they change, like, the chemicals for, you know, every drug if it's going to be administered to a human or an animal. Like, obviously, there are differences, but, like... Usually it's dosage is the huge difference. It's it's dosage and it's the non-active ingredients that right. they put in animal drugs. Those aren't the FDA isn't evaluating how safe the non-active ingredient in a horse drug is if people take it. Right. Because people aren't supposed to take horse drugs. Yeah. And obviously the dosage is gonna be different between a human and an animal that would destroy your car if it walked on it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's going to take different doses to do the thing you want it to do. And it's just, it's those are not dice you should roll under any circumstances. Exactly. Like, it's, it's, it reminds me of boric acid, mm. which boric acid comes in a couple different versions. There is a supplement version that women can use to uh, combat yeast infections. Right. There is also a version that kills roaches. <laughs> and I have no doubt that the supplement version might kill a roach. <laughs> but I'm also confident you shouldn't put the roach version in your body. <laughs> yes, I think that's fair to say. There's a reason they're marketed as two different <laughs> things. And it's the same thing here. Yeah, Like this... I mean isn't an outbreak of doctors prescribing ivermectin and it's putting people in the hospital. Right. This is people taking horse drugs. Right. Which no one has told them to do. Or if they were told to do it, it was like a Facebook post. Like at no point have the doctors who are pushing this been like, you know, if you can't afford it, just take the horse version. Yeah. Not but, happening. Well, what's interesting, and this is actually uh, making me think of something uh, related, which is, like, you know, I, I, I'm i a trans woman. I don't know if that's coming as a surprise to anyone uh, listening to the show. What? I, it doesn't really come up a lot. We're talking about, like, a lot of really fucked up shit. But, like, and half the room gets up and leaves. God yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry, Adam. I just lost you. I mean, we have an agenda to push here. So It, it is true. It is true. But, like, a, a thing that happens among trans women is – if they are unable uh, to get a 
a, a real prescription for uh, hormone replacement therapy, so uh, estradiol or spironolactone and those things, or they have other reasons why that is a, something that is hard for them to get a hold of, then uh, out of desperation, the, they'll get uh, like birth control or something like that that has a highly concentrated uh, dose of hormones like progesterone inside of it and that can have serious side effects even if it might have some positive effects but probably not because that's not how the human body works but like it, it can lead to a lot of uh of of things that weren't foreseen because you're using this drug that even though it's superficially and even chemically similar to the drug that you want or need to take it's just designed for a different purpose they it, it's just made for something else and it'll hurt you if you don't use it for that purpose it's well, similar like it, that's just what this is reminding me of a lot of that is exactly what it is there yeah. are people who are hearing that this works for covid and either because prescription drugs are expensive and they can't yeah. afford it or because their doctor is not of the mind that this works, which here's the thing. That's your doctor's right. It's a exactly. doctor. Like that's why second opinions are a thing. Yeah. Like if you really want this drug, go to a fucking doctor that'll give it to you. Yeah, exactly. Like go to a bunch ag of them again. You're rolling <laughs> the fucking dice on your life, but yeah, that's, I guess that's your right. And if It'd your doctor doesn't want to give it to you, there are people who are uh, to get around that whole propaganda are getting the animal version. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like if you have a lot better chances if you uh, roll the dice on your own life with human made, like medicine made for humans rather than medicine made for animals. You'd probably better off trying to find some quack who will prescribe you whatever you want, even if it's you know not correct for you than getting the animal version. Right. Because at least that doctor has some liability <laughs> if right. they do something to hurt you. Yeah. And whereas, at least you're getting the one made for people. Yeah. Whereas Chuck at the farm and fleet <laughs> will sell you all the fucking horse drugs you want. Yeah. Because uh, he didn't tell you to take it. Look, you Chuck's know? getting paid minimum wage. <laughs> he, he He's just out there at the tractor supply store. You know, he can't, he's not there to give you medical advice. It Please, is. I'm begging you. That is the problem right now is people yes. are taking animal drugs. But here's another reason why I don't tie this to COVID snake oil salesmen. Right. This was happening before COVID. Yeah. And this is interesting because I had not heard about this. Because among the things ivermectin can treat is rosacea. And yeah. it can it treats rosacea in humans. There is a topical version of ivermectin for humans. Hmm. And back in 2019, there were all of these news reports about people with rosacea who couldn't get an ivermectin prescription. <laughs> they were going out and getting the animal version and rubbing it on their skin. And uh, guess what? Poison. They yeah. were poisoned. No, no, thank you. Very bad. And... Because COVID is so much more of a politically charged uh, disease than rosacea. Yeah. It's just sure that is. the articles are way different this time. Right. And it, it's being treated like the snake oil salesman thing. And it's like, even though there, uh, not once does it come up that the people who are doing this are actual Trump supporters. I think it's inferred because, for one thing, Fox News has been the one outlet pushing ivermectin the right. most. Right, I mean, yeah, absolutely. So it, it kind of stands to reason, and I think that's why it's getting tied to this idea of COVID snake oil salesmen. Yeah, well, and I think it's interesting in that, you know, it is coming after a long year of a bunch of different stories like this, you know, maybe not in the details, but in the broad, you know, the headline strokes, the tweet strokes. But like, you know, I think the big difference between this and what's happening in 2019 is that there is this infrastructure of right wing uh, pundits in place who are pushing these who are they're ready to jump on this shit and push it as quick as they can. Whereas it seems like in 2019, like the, what was happening in 2019 is like, you know, like a bunch of people just kind of heard about ivermectin 
And like they're like, oh, well, that sounds like what's in this uh, horse dewormer. I bet I bet if I use that, then it'll have the same effect and I won't have to worry about. But like that to me, it's at least different in tone than. Yes. A bunch of people who are politically uh, disinclined to agree with every approved treatment of COVID, uh, searching around to find whatever is not approved that seems like it could actually work. Right, right. And it's, uh, I'll bring this up more at the end of the episode, but just on the off chance anyone thinks I'm being too kind to (laughs) the right, I I would say... uh, wasn't COVID not real like a yeah. month ago? This is what has been dry. Like again, I for I for I've been very indisposed for two for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but every time I would hear a story about ivermectin, I would just be like, "Yeah, you guys were just talking about not wanting to get vaccines for for like the last several months, and now you want to put this random drug in your body. Like th- this just doesn't really stand up to any sort of scrutiny." And especially when you take into account that one of the arguments here is, well, this is big pharma trying to suppress a drug that would really help with COVID. People, Merck owns this drug. Yeah. That is big pharma. Like, literally. again, calm down and wait to let them fucking test it. Merck put a statement out on their website and they were like, we don't know. We don't. And here's here's part of the reason it is kind of pharmaceutical company shenanigans. This drug is a drug that benefits up to this point, almost exclusively poor people. Yeah. Like it is a drug that was designed to eradicate diseases that mostly impact poor people, which means Merck has historically not made any money on this drug. They literally give it away for free. Yeah. So there probably hasn't been a lot of R&D right. inside Merck when it comes to this drug. So if you're wondering why are they just now getting on it, it's because they don't give a fuck about poor people, except for the part it's... where they give them life-saving medications. But, <laughs> right, of course, of course. But uh, yeah. it's just not, I don't think Merck has been that interested in this drug. And I guarantee if they find out it's some kind of cure-all for COVID, they're going to fucking let you know. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. Like you would have to nuke Merck to stop that from happening. But also like, and look, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't, I'm basically a. a, So many revelations on this episode. I I know. I'm basically a functioning moron. I I, I don't really have much going for me in intelligence, but like COVID is a, a, a virus and we're talking about. Uh, you know, we, it needs like a vaccine. It has to be treated. You have to build up your body's antibodies in order to kill it off. Like, I, 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 you can't really kill a virus with like a pill that you swallow. Really, not really, right? Pretty no, sure. I mean, no. There, there are drugs that have antiviral properties that right. Aren't... Well, it'll suppress a virus or whatever. Right, and that's that is one of the the points of contention here is that well this is an anti-parasite drug exactly that's the thing that i'm kind of sticking on but well i know i put a shit ton of links in here and listen (laughs) if you're one of those oh i do my own research types fucking buckle up when you read the show notes for this there are if you look at the way like let's go back to people using this for rosacea right and Why would people do that? If you look at the way this drug was marketed before COVID, it was pushed as a miracle drug. Yes, it's an anti-parasite drug, but for one, it basically eradicated the the diseases it was intended to eradicate. And there's all these write-ups, we'll we'll talk about them in a minute, where it's literally called a wonder drug, and it's described as maybe having all of these antiviral properties for other drugs. So, of course, people were going to hear that and be like, fuck, I'll put the... I'll put the horse version on me. What's it going to do? Turn me into a horse? That's fine. Horses are powerful. I'd enjoy it. That'd be great. So let's talk about the CDC advisory. Yes. I think there are some interesting things in the CDC advisory. And one of the things that always makes me suspicious is when scary numbers are only presented in percentages. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's something a lot of the the reason we're bringing this up is this is where a lot of the articles about ivermectin, this is what they're referencing is this and the FDA statement, which we'll talk about and that obnoxious FDA tweet, which we'll also get to. But uh, in this case, you hear all these shocking statistics about how calls to U.S. poison control centers about ivermectin exposures have increased fivefold from pre-pandemic baseline levels. Right. And that's scary, but can I have the numbers? Did it go from like one to five? <laughs> Did it go from five to 25? Did it go from a thousand? Like, yeah. what does that mean in actual numbers? And no one really that I did find like individual poison control centers that listed actual numbers. And they were like in the thirties and forties a week, which is, I mean, it's not nothing. Right. No, it's definitely a trend. But even then you need to know, because again, we're talking about a drug that does come in a human form that has been proven to be relatively safe to take. It's safe and effective for the things that it's prescribed for. Right. And then there's the animal drug that is not right. safe to take. Yeah, no, don't do that. So how many of these poison control calls are because of the animal kind? And then how many of those were the result of a doctor saying, hey, I think this might work. Take it in these doses that are appropriate for human consumption. Right. Because one of the numbers in the CDC advisory is that prescriptions for this drug have skyrocketed. Uh, one, they point to it happening in July. Like they don't know why that is. I think it's probably because of the Delta variant. Yeah. Uh, call me crazy. Be. But they say at one point in August, it hit 88,000 prescriptions in one week for this drug. And that's a whole lot of people. Yeah. So what's going on with them? Right. But also, and you know, going with what you were saying about uh, how many of these percentages were from people taking the horse version, like just because a bunch of you know a lot of people got you know uh, prescriptions for this drug, what how is that working out for them? Like, is that yeah. is that doing anything? We don't know. Like, and it, you have to assume if those are prescriptions, that's separate from the horse drug poisoning. So, like, what yeah. what is happening here? I mean, you know, I would love to know. Yeah, how many of those people were poisoned? Right. Because every article about this and the CDC advisory point to two cases. One, a guy who took a version that was intended for use with cattle, and a guy who got pills of, quote, an undetermined strength, end <laughs> quote, from the internet and took five a day until he started hallucinating. I mean, like, look, uh, don't take pills that you don't, don't know off the Internet. Like, I yeah. don't know that I ne- that even needs to be said, but I guess it does. Life like, isn't a music festival. Don't just yeah. take the pills that people hand you. Like, look. At a music it, festival, it's fine. <laughs> like, I remember when I was in high school, this kid brought to school a baggie that he found as he was walking to school that was full of these purple and black pills. Uh, and he was like, I think I'm going to take these. And I'm like. I don't, I don't think you should. I, we don't know what those are. Uh, and then he took them. And that kid, uh, you know, he was kind of fucked up. <laughs> and, and, and like, I don't know. Necess- he was not acting very normal for the rest of the day. I don't know what those bills were still. But like, that's just all I can think about when someone talks about getting a bunch of undisclosed pills off of the Internet. It's like, you have no idea. You're going to end up you're going to end up sticking your hand in a bowl of hot water until it burns just like that kid did yeah and one of the things you see when they're warning about this drug is well you can overdose on it and it's like you can overdose on tylenol jesus <laughs> yeah like you can that's overdose not a on unique, fucking tums that's that's not a unique trait and they'll point to like well it can give you uh some tum tums can give you some tummy issues if you take it and it's like listen to any prescription drug commercial at the end there are several that end with and even death. Yes. <laughs> but sometimes the risks uh, don't yeah. outweigh the benefit. And also a lot of times, you know, those risks are very low and in the, right. but they have to list it because they have to cover their ass. And yeah, so I, I don't think it's a right wing talking point to ask what happened to the people this was prescribed to yeah where are those 
crazy stories about them calling poison control centers. That is not really a politically charged statement. Like that is just the basics of what you shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be. But like, that's the basic of what you should be asking of a government agency is please give me the act, like the facts of this situation as you understand them. And like, I, I can't completely fault the CDC here because they, this is not approved for use with COVID. So they can't, they can't paint it in any way that makes it seem like it is. Their job here is to scare people into not taking animal drugs. Like, and you know, and again, as like we were saying at the beginning, just the, the whole, the whole thing here and what they're trying to say is don't take drugs, like consult your doctor. Before you take a new drug, get a prescription, go through the right channels. You know, no one's no one is saying that you absolutely positively should never take ivermectin ever or else you're a fucking crazy person. They're just saying, fucking talk to an expert. Talk to someone who knows bodies. But I do feel like that once the CDC put this statement out, the media kind of ran with it as, look, people barely ever take this. Like this is, this is a drug for animals. So steer clear and uh, not quite, but uh, before we get to that, let's talk about the FDA statement because a lot of the articles you read just say the FDA has not approved ivermectin for treatment of COVID and they just leave it at that. But uh, the, I guess the most well-known FDA response was uh, they tweeted, you are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all stop it. And listen, don't fucking seriously y'all me. You were the I, FDA and we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Put on a goddamn suit and do your job. <laughs> Quit trying to be charming on the fucking internet. Put on a goddamn suit. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this is one of the blessings of being uh, overwhelmingly busy and unable to look at Twitter has been that I missed that completely. I did not see that tweet and... Uh, I did not know about it until uh, you put it in these notes and I hated it so much. I I really despised reading it. Uh, This is a whole mood. The animal version just hits different. Shut up. (laughs) I like I just I absolutely hate it when government officials use Twitter. I hate it so much. The minute Obama started doing it, we should have been like, nope, nope, absolutely not. No, you are banned, banned. But we did not because he no. was so nice. No, 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 no one should have a Twitter if you if you are paid by me <laughs> like yeah. in, in my tax dollars. Agreed. Uh, so uh, the real FDA statement is a little more substantial and it's it's kind of alarming to me, like yeah. not completely. But there, the point one of the points that really stood out under the uh, when can taking ivermectin be unsafe? heading the first line is the fda has not reviewed data to support use of ivermectin in covid19 <laughs> patients to treat or to prevent covid19 yeah and it's like okay why not yeah but also like i mean i don't know like that's kind of fair like you know it's not like ivermectin would be anyone's first like thought about this and it, it, covid19 has been around since i would say i'm gonna just go out of limit and say late 2019 uh based on the name (laughs) so like (laughs) you know i i would guess it makes sense to me that they have not done that but at the same time that should be their statement not uh, this fucking seriously y'all tweet like (laughs) like tweet we have not reviewed this data. We are currently investigating. We do not really have all the information. We're trying to find it out. Do not take a drug that is not prescribed to you by a doctor. Right. And that's it. That's all it is, guys. And I'm not even a professional. Yeah. And another thing I found interesting that I feel like a lot of media reports about this are leaving out is that after that statement about not reviewing data, they did add some initial research is underway, which you might recognize as being a far cry from LOL horse drugs. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that's where I feel like people on the left who are responding to this also, like actually all sides uh, taken that one statement. Right. Calm down. Yeah. Like it's not 
it's clearly not just a horse drug if trials and research are underway, which we'll yeah. get to. There's a lot of research underway. <laughs> I, I would say, and this applies to a lot of stuff on the internet, but if you uh, had not heard of ivermectin uh, before two weeks ago, I would say you are not allowed to be outraged by it until you find out a little bit more information. That's Agreed. all it is. Like I and look, I get the knee jerk. Like you see the usual right wing peddlers and grifters latching onto this as their way to get infamy and whatever. Like I understand that knee jerk. I want to. Di- be as far away from those assholes as I possibly can. But you can't just throw the baby out with the path water, so to speak. You know, like you gotta, you're supposed like, you know, if, if you're on the left or even if you're a liberal, I'll extend this to the centrist too. You're supposed to be the ones who think about things and take shit seriously and listen to the experts and fucking like appreciate nuance. Uh, do that. Yeah, that's what I would say. And in light of that, you would have to ask yourself, well, why is the FDA even considering this? Exactly. If it's just a horse drug, which is what it's being portrayed as. And it's because it's not a horse drug. Right. It is a widely used medicine that uh, earned the people who developed it a Nobel Prize for medicine in 2015. Yeah. It's it's produced from a microorganism that was discovered in 1973 by a researcher named Satoshi Omura. And that evolved into a veterinary drug that entered the market way back in 1981. But a few short years later, I think it was 1987, it was confirmed to be useful for treating some human conditions also. So they synthesized it into a human version. Uh, Specifically, it was provided free of charge to poverty-stricken populations to treat a condition called onchocerciasis? Mercifully nicknamed river blindness. Yeah, let's just go with River Violence. I think you actually nailed it. That That is a fucking toughie. That is a tough word. And uh, that's what Omura and his research partner, William Bell, who, by the way, represents Merck. He is the Merck half of the development of this. So, again, if yeah. you think this is Big Pharma suppressing it, you're probably right. But it, it's also Big Pharma pushing it. His name was William Bell? From Fringe, who was played by Leonard Nimoy. Sorry, I I I'm a I love the show Fringe, and there's like a major character played by Leonard Nimoy on that show, <laughs> whose name is William Bell, and he's a mad scientist who went to another dimension. It's a whole thing. Probably is him. Who knows? It might be. Hey, this came from I, aliens, I would love it. and uh, it didn't just treat river blindness. It damn near eradicated river blindness, which again, like that doesn't sound all that interesting to American listeners <laughs> because. We live in a developed nation with air conditioning and Nintendo Virtual Boys and all the fucking trappings uh, of modern life. Yeah. River blindness is a, a tropics disease yeah. that almost exclusively impacts poor people. But before ivermectin, it was billions of poor people. Right. And I don't know. Does that do anything for anyone in terms of how dangerous it is <laughs> from a side effect standpoint? standpoint right like one of the things that bothers me about the way this is being reported is this notion that it's rarely used in humans it is globally used in humans and even when you look at the the cdc statement about the number of prescriptions and how it skyrocketed there were prescriptions for it before covid yeah like it didn't go from zero to a whole bunch (laughs) it was like three thousand some a week before that that's not like it's not aspirin, but that's not rare. Well, no, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, man. It's just again, this is it, it, this is the whole thing about kind of oh, whoa, getting into like the discourse, like the 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 state of discourse in America is just it takes something that you know has a lot of nuance and it flattens it out and it makes it into good guys and bad guys and it totally dismisses all of this history, which is not only useful in analyzing how good the drug could be today but also interesting and like it's good to know this shit yeah ivermectin on its own is just a fascinating story yeah everything about it is very interesting 
And if you look at how it was pushed before COVID, I mentioned this a little earlier, but before it got tied to this, here's a headline from the Journal of Antibiotics in 2017. So well before COVID, Mm -hmm. this is a fucking medical journal, right? Which medical journal doesn't mean like all of medicine agrees with this. Like it, it, it was peer reviewed and then it was published. Yeah. And that's why there are trials for things. You know, you you try stuff and see if it works. And uh, this is a headline from 2017. Enigmatic multifaceted wonder drug continues to surprise and exceed expectations. And this is another one from, I believe, 2011, uh, from the beloved Proceedings of the Japan Academy, Series B, Physical and Biological Sciences. Save more than 11% on an annual subscription when you use code on POPs at checkout. Damn, that's a good catch for a sponsor. Yeah, it's a good deal, too. Yeah. It's a very expensive (laughs) journal. Yes. Especially the part where you have to pay someone to translate it. Uh, Here is the headline from that article. Ivermectin, wonder drug from Japan, the human use perspective. Granted, that last one was co-written by Satoshi Omura, who is the developer of the drug. But again, he went on to win a Nobel Prize for what he was writing about. So seems like a guy that you might be want to listen to. I'm going to yeah. say so it, it I feel like we're being a little too dismissive of this just because uh, you can also treat horses with it. Why are we mad at horse drugs? Ketamine's a fucking horse drug. <laughs> right. Kidding well, me? you know, I yeah, mean, that's different, it's special. <laughs> I would say ketamine. It's very special. Horses probably love it, too. <laughs> Now let's talk about the, I think, uh, quality rebuttal, which is that, well, this is a parasite drug. It's not an antiviral. Let's go back to that Journal of Antibiotics report. Last sentence of the first paragraph. Today, ivermectin is continuing to surprise and excite scientists, offering more and more promise to help improve global public health by treating a diverse range of diseases with its unexpected potential as an antibacterial antiviral and anti-cancer agent being particularly extraordinary. And again, that is 2017. So that's not a snake oil salesman saying, Hey, this could maybe help with viruses also. Yeah. And, uh, also I'll link y'all to a report from the journal (laughs) of controlled release, which great fucking name. Yeah. For one thing. That sounds like a good band. (laughs) Controlled release. Or Journal of Controlled yeah, Release. Yeah, that too. That could be an album name. Go all out. <laughs> it's a medical journal dedicated to research on the controlled release and delivery of drugs. Yeah. Uh, it's not So it's not Breitbart. <laughs> Here is a line from that report, which for the record is called Ivermectin, an award-winning drug with expected antiviral activity against COVID-19. Last line of the first paragraph under the commentary section. Beyond its invaluable therapeutic role in oh, river blindness... And I forgot, there's two two things it treats. Strongly oidiasis? Oidiasis? Strongloidiasis. Wow. A more professional podcast network has someone on staff who confirms this kind of stuff because I know someone who does that job for a more professional podcast network. Strongloidiasis. uh, I'm going to go with that. I think that sounds good. I think you got it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) let Let me start over. Beyond its invaluable therapeutic role in river blindness and the other one, an increasing body of evidence points to the potential of ivermectin as an antiviral agent. And it goes on to list a few different viruses that it's shown promise in treating. And in some cases, it's just like in mice and shit that you hear. But it lists West Nile virus, yellow fever, uh, some leaky forest virus that that one we've all had that one yeah i mean i always get a virus in some leaky forest (laughs) it's it's written by a bunch of doctors most of them are from brazil but there is one american you xenophobic fucks his name's (laughs) roger m leblanc from the department of chemistry at university of miami not a ton of information about him online and i think that's a good thing i mean maybe i don't know it's it's tough to say it can either be good and that he's a healthy human being who does not have a, an active online presence, or it could be bad and that he's like a fake person or something. I don't know. I didn't. What I, what I didn't find is a bunch of articles about him claiming the election was stolen and that COVID is a hoax. Hey, well, then, if you know, that's, that's what you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. 
And he is a real person. I found like his his page at the University of Miami. And that's, I think, another important detail. The people pushing this are not COVID deniers. Like there's no one here saying COVID is fake, but take our drug anyway. Except Fox News. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. They're just muddying up everything. But the American doctor pushing this the hardest is a guy named Dr. Pierre Corey. And aside from there, there's two things, he's he's the one pushing ivermectin the most. So yeah. that has tainted his reputation. He he like spoke in front of the Senate and people didn't respond to it very well. Also, one of the doctors he's working with, a guy named Paul Malik, has this controversy from the past where he uh, was trying to treat... God damn it. I forget what the condition was, but he was basically trying to treat it with vitamin C. Okay. And eventually another medical journal came out and was like, mm, doesn't work. And he admitted it, it didn't work also. But does that mean he's completely discredited when it comes to medical stuff? Because again, that's what trials are for yeah, that's, to that's, see if something works. That's science. Like, yeah. you, you just described a normal science scientist reaction to that sort of thing is like, Oh, well, I guess it isn't right. Then uh, let's try something else. Like that's how it is. And both of these people are still employed in perfectly prominent positions in their field. Pierre Corey spent a lot of years in various roles at the university of Wisconsin and or UW health, which is the university of Wisconsin's hospital including working as medical director for the Trauma and Life Support Center. He won an award from the British Medical Association in 2015 for his work on a medical textbook. Mm -hmm. And it's not like he's pushing this via word of mouth. Like he's written a bunch of stuff about this, which is why it bothers me so much when people are like, show me the evidence. (laughs) It's like he's he's got I don't know if it's valid evidence, but go read it like it's it's. One of the things people criticize is that he's not doing like controlled clinical trials and their argument is, well, this is working and this is a public health emergency. It would be kind of unethical of us to give people a placebo and know that they might die. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know about that argument, but yeah. I I do know that there is history of using stuff that's not completely FDA approved to fight COVID. The vaccine was not sure. FDA approved. No, totally. which is another reason it's so ironic. Fox News types are pushing this because what was their whole argument? Like not their whole argument, but like there was. The fringe who was like, it's a government plot to enslave us. But then there was that more level-headed response, which is, well, it's not FDA approved yet. So why would I take it? Once it's FDA approved, I'll take it. Well, this isn't FDA approved for COVID. And the the fucking horse pills for damn sure aren't, you know? Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not in a position to judge if the... uh, huge document this guy put out about his research in this field is convincing enough to fucking take ivermectin. But I think it's uh, just another example of how this is not a horse drug. Like there is way more to this story than just some fucking wackos taking animal pills. And uh, do I even want to talk about this fucking Chris Saliza article? I mean, I'm not going to lie, man. I have I did not read it, but fuck, I well, hate Chris so much. Yeah, he's 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 bad times. He's like he's one a, of the worst journalists working currently. Yeah, and if if you're not familiar, he's an opinion columnist for CNN, yeah. basically. And he wrote this article responding to Rand Paul's assertion that Trump hatred has kept the powers that be from honestly investigating the efficacy of ivermectin in treating COVID. And I think he's wrong too. Yeah. But first, my problem with Chris Saliza's take is that he, more than a lot of the other articles out there, goes really hard trying to make ivermectin seem like something humans almost never take. Yeah. He calls it a, quote, drug used in rare instances in humans. This is a drug, again, that Billions of people have taken globally. Right. And I, I, I'm just suspicious when someone reports on something that fucking poorly. Is it just that he's bad at his job? <sighs> yes. Probably. But is he like, this does have some elements to it that feel like a smear campaign. Yeah. And if anyone is capable of 
orchestrating a smear campaign in the media, especially from a financial standpoint, it's fucking pharmaceutical companies. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm curious as to why the need to push this drug in these articles all across the media as something that's just for horses right. and that only uh, people only take it in extreme circumstances. Yeah. Like there's no scientific evidence that proves it can treat COVID, but there's also no reason to act like the actual drug is some kind of unknown thing that we're not familiar with because it's mostly used in animals. There's so much information about this drug out there. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it possible that it's all just a case of a bunch of people seeing who a lot of the main voices for this are and just writing it off without even bothering to do any work on it? I know that's how it is for anybody who's just tweeting about it, but like, it feels like that's what, the news outlets are doing too. They're not even putting the effort in to cover it in any sort of proper way. Well, I think it is. And I think that does have a lot to do with it because again, it's mostly like Fox news. I'm sure one, one America news network is pushing it too. Right. And that feels kind of the same along the same lines as like tabloids in yeah. the eighties and nineties, like the national Enquirer was mostly bullshit. Yeah. But occasionally they would pick up on a story that no one else was covering and they would be right. Like the, they basically solved the murder of uh, Bill Cosby's son and right. Cosby. Yeah. Uh, they are the ones that broke the story that solved that case. Their coverage of the OJ trial was fucking impeccable. Yeah. Sometimes the outlet you don't like gets it right. Like the wall street journal is a pretty conservative outlet, but also a oh, very yeah. respected, uh, force in journalism yeah like it happens and i'm not saying fox news is that but i mean you know i'm i'm just saying they're not completely wrong in saying this is something <laughs> people should look into if they're on there saying take like, the horse version that's obviously very well like honestly i think we can i think we can very easily just cleanly separate like our take on this whole thing from what Fox is trying to do where Fox is just very credulously being like, no, the, the everyone's blowing this weather before this drug's totally fine. This is all, you know, this is all but bored and whatever. And we're just like, no, like this thing, you just gotta, you gotta look into this. There's like a lot of stuff going on here that you just can't easily write off. Right. And on the flip side of that, for for people, I guess, on the left to have written this off, there are a lot of preliminary trials underway for this drug as it relates to COVID. The CDC advisory statement even links to a website called clinicaltrials.gov. Yeah. Where you can search and see what trials are happening right now. If you run the words ivermectin and COVID through their search engine, you get still scrolling <laughs> uh, 75 studies. And so I just wait, just give it yeah. time. Like people are looking into this. There's no reason to act like this drug is some kind of huge problem when it's yeah. not people taking animal drugs is a huge problem right. but it's, it was happening before covid yeah the the uh, we can't act like this drug is a huge problem we can't just blindly believe that it is the the miracle cure that's gonna save us all from a drug from a virus that we don't even believe is real like you know there's a middle ground here and uh, you know i i'm no centrist but like jesus like yeah. you know like this is this is it's very easy to not immediately leap to the most extreme conclusion in this case which is i really think that a lot of this is just a full symptom of our already rapid discourse machine just being pumped into overdrive like five times over through the last year like we everybody spends even more time on their phones and online and on their computers and uh, it, it just it, it makes it's accelerated our discourse to a level where we're not even getting we're not even waiting until we get all the information in before everything we're just jumping on it we're, we have made a moral proclamation about everything having to do with this subject and if anything disagrees with that well then that's uh 
fucking lie or that's being pushed by scammers or whatever. It's just we, everybody needs to take a big breath, take a deep breath and chill out and like, yeah, examine things. And if you're questioning, well, OK, but who's researching it? Is it like a bunch of like fucking right wing startups? There's one study that is being conducted jointly by the University of Minnesota, UCLA and Northwestern. Yeah. And that one's also testing a diabetes drug as a possible treatment. That's how it fucking works. Yeah. Works. Sometimes drugs work for other things than what they were intended for. You know, people, I, I feel like people really want to figure this COVID thing out. They want to, they want to get to the bottom of this. No one's happy with COVID. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> uh, there's a Duke University trial. There's a private company called Progena Biome, which deals with like gut microbes. Uh, they're doing clinical trials. I'll link to it. You, there's a whole searchable database. And yeah. yes, a lot of the trials are happening in other countries, but that's kind of how the United States works. Like we're not we're not as adventurous yeah. when it comes to science. Well, and believe it or not, other countries are also trying to figure out how to deal with COVID. <laughs> so shit. Right. And a lot of them are doing it without the uh, profit motive right. hanging over their yeah. pharmaceutical industry. Absolutely, yeah. They're, they're living in a country where they don't have to pay a $32,000 medical f- be- bill for being in a hospital for four days. Not that I'm speaking from uh, personal <laughs> experience. Right. That is a uniquely American thing. Yes. That is uh, pharmaceutical companies. Pharmaceutical companies are why we have Obamacare. Because Obama went to them and was like, hey, that loophole that allows you to charge like $15,000 a pill for stuff, I'll leave that open if you help me pass Obamacare. And they they got very much on board with that. And that's why Obamacare didn't do anything for prescription drug prices. And that's why it sucks. Yeah. The pharmaceutical industry has a lot of power. So the fact that this isn't being tested as widely in the United States as it is in other countries, I don't think should really put you off that much. And it is being tested. At least preliminary uh, trials are underway. And here's the thing. This website is, I believe, for people who want to fucking get in on them. So if right. you're in the Duke University area, I don't know. Uh, if you got COVID, go go hit the home of the Blue Devils. See if yeah. Mike Shashevsky can get you in. I mean, I don't know, man. This is this is rough. <laughs> this whole thing is just it so is. rough. And again, like just to 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 bring it full circle, uh, people on the right believe science now. Like, <laughs> like get the, you can you can also get the fuck out of here. I mean, and honestly. That, And the one thing that really does blow up their argument for me that, oh, this is big pharma trying to suppress this. Again, this drug is owned by big pharma. Yeah. There is a reason Merck has a statement about it on their website and no other pharmaceutical companies do. Yeah. It's because Merck owns this shit. And if they can find a way to make money from it, they will just fucking give it time. Like you will... You will suckle at the teat of big pharma eventually, <laughs> just yeah. like the rest of us. Just be patient, yeah. baby. And maybe while you're being patient, like uh, go get vaccinated or, or something, you know, like it's FDA what, approved. You know, if you're thinking about taking a drug designed for horses, uh, then maybe you should try taking a little shot or two for that's uh, designed for people. You know, designed for people to not get COVID. Yeah. Like, look. it's not like ivermectin stops horses from getting COVID. Yeah. Like I got my vaccination and I only uh, kind of am fucked up and it's mostly for other reasons. So I think it's fine. What if it's like, sorry to bother you and everyone who took the prescription version is a literal horse now? Right. No, maybe that might be true. That would be. Uh, amazing to find out that sometimes they put real stuff in movies. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'm that's, saying. I mean, look, and that movie had some real stuff in it. <laughs> it really it, real. Just didn't know if that would be the part of it. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's our episode. I think sure. again, the message of this episode is just everyone chill out. Chill out. Talk to your doctor. Don't take a drug that was prescribed to you unless it's weed. Or like sisters, brothers, cool out. Who's fighting and what for? <laughs> it's a gimme shelter reference. Very good documentary about the Rolling Stones yeah. ultimate concert. That's a Scorsese doc, right? 
Isn't that the Scorsese one? No, I no, think he yeah, no, I'm did another one. Yeah. Give me shelter but, uh, the old one. That one rules. Yeah, yeah. You see someone get murdered. Yeah. There's some fucking crazy shit that happens in that documentary. <laughs> yeah, my favorite moment in that documentary is uh the Grateful Dead, which I never say that. Yeah. I don't like the Grateful Dead oh, that much. Boo. But uh the, they arrive by helicopter. And they land and someone comes up to Jerry Garcia and is like, someone in the audience punched the lead singer of Jefferson Airplane in the face. (laughs) And Jerry Garcia goes, let's go. And they get right back in the fucking helicopter and get out of there. Like he doesn't even entertain (laughs) the idea of going on stage. (laughs) Good call. Yeah, that's also got a bunch of fucking great Altamont shit in it like that like that whole altamont thing is so fucking crazy the free concert like yeah yeah they put it they put it on a hill yeah on a hill and they like just put a bunch of hell's angels bikers around it like this will make it safe yeah hell's angels are historically pretty cool (gasps) meanwhile there's a scene where one of them looks like he wants to eat Mick Jagger. Yes. <laughs> like he has to be pulled away from Mick Jagger oh while he's God. protecting him. Anyway. Yeah. So I think the other point of this episode is check out, give me shelter. Yeah, you it's should absolutely watch it. It's a, one of the wildest rock documentaries ever made. <laughs> it's a classic. Uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? By the time this goes up, there will be a level on the Patreon and supercast where you can subscribe to pretty scary and conspiracy. The show as one thing, I, yeah. I guess I did not realize that subscribing to do two different things at one time is way too much for the uh, subscription podcast system as it stands <laughs> now. Hopefully the techno- technology will advance to the point that we can do that someday. Absolutely. Uh, and that's all I got. What do you got to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at hi there, Hydar sometimes. Not a lot right now, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pop in. That's about it for me. I I got other shit to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Let's get out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. 